The Campbell Group has teamed up with PI Perspectives to offer listeners top-notch, affordable insurance solutions. Private investigators can get insurance for their business for as low as $305 per year. Apply now at PIPerspectivesInsurance.com and receive a quote back within 24 hours. Satellite Investigations has launched its new website full of great new content. Matt and his team have released some great informative blogs. Make sure you log in to LinkedIn and follow Satellite Investigations for the latest content. Over the past year, our industry has been the target of foreign governments and agencies that have attempted to recruit unsuspecting investigators to gather intelligence or immediate expatriates. PI Perspectives is teaming up with the Federal Bureau of Investigations to get the word out about this ongoing crisis. If you've been contacted by an individual or company that might seem suspicious, please contact the FBI at tips.fbi.gov. You can also contact the New York field office at 212-384-1000 to report suspicious activity in any state. The link is also in the show notes. Even if you completed a job and it still doesn't sit right with you, you can report this activity. The only way to stop this trend is to work together. So let's do it. Do you enjoy our podcast and the guests we bring you? Since 2019, Matt and his team have done their very best to give you amazing shows each week. If you feel like our show has helped you to be a better investigator, or maybe even inspired you to become an investigator, please let us know. We're looking for testimonials. Drop Matt an email with a recorded 20 to 30 seconds of you talking about this podcast. You can also email him something verbal about the website. His email is S at SatellitePI.com. And if you really feel blessed for having this content, consider supporting Matt and our show by joining Investigators Toolbox. You really have to see version 2.0. And at just 49 cents a day, it's a no-brainer. Now let's jump in to this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Today, we have Brad Dalhover. Brad has worked as a private investigator and case management creator. He's now offering consultant services through Sentinel Consulting to other investigators that are struggling at being efficient with running their company. This is a great episode for new business owners or owners who have hit the wall in growth. Please welcome Brad Dalhover and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. We are back for 2024 and uh looking to have some new live shows and very excited to uh, have an old friend back on the show somebody uh we worked for one of our sponsors for a very long time uh brad dalhover i want to welcome you back to the program how are you hey good to be here man thanks for having me yeah yeah so uh new year new things going on so uh why don't you tell me what you've been up to i know you, you had left cross tracks a, a while ago and uh you had something you were doing in between but now you're uh, off to a new venture so tell me uh, what you've been up to yeah. So, um, you know, uh, my, my obligations were, you know, fulfilled at, at cross tracks and, and TIG and, you know, those great guys over there, great team. Um, but I, I had another opportunity, uh, with an old college friend actually, and, um, working with military law enforcement, first responders, uh, providing gear and, uh, equipment, you know, to them, it was an, an operational role where, you know, you were trying to, Essentially, a lot of it was procurement, 
but mm-hmm. some of it was, you know, direct dealing direct with those folks trying to figure out, hey, you know, pushing different manufacturers, uh, different types of lines of gear, things like that. Um, you know, unfortunately, that that ended due to a, a health issue with the, the owner of the company and uh, started trying to figure out, you know, what my next move was. It was it was a strange position for me to be in because I haven't had to look for a job or I uh, haven't had not had a job in, you know, 20 years. Right. So it was kind of a strange place for me to be in. So I took, uh, you know, did what a lot of, you know, business advisors tell you to do is like, take a bunch of assessments. What do you want to do? What are your strengths? What are you good at? So I ultimately fell back on what I kind of fell in love with when I was working in the case management space, which was teaching and helping investigative professionals bridge the gap between their investigative knowledge and and their business knowledge. Um, as you know, there's a there's quite a gap uh, between the investigator and the businessman. And right. a lot of times they they just need help. I was no different. you know I I started I was a one man show with a blue Ford Ranger and a, and a laptop and a camera. Right. And I had no business knowledge. All I knew is that my buddy worked at Hartford and he was going to start giving me cases. Right. So at some point, uh, it just it was a good fit. And I just started to kind of explore it and reached out to a couple uh, folks. And it kind of spread a, a little quicker than I than I thought, just like anything else. You you get to a point where. You're like, well, wait, this is this is a thing like this is really it for me. And initially it was just something I was going to do to pass the time until, you know, I found my next challenge and my next gig. And, you know, I it's it's something that I think is necessary for the industry. And I think it's something that'll be helpful. So I started looking into helping investigators in a in a consulting role, whether it's something from startup or, you know, existing businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that when I was starting Centennial Investigations that something like this was available to me. I was kind of on my own. I was reading whatever books were out there and going to conferences. But like, you know, you and I have talked about, there's a, there's a minimal amount of business advice and panels and uh, information out there at, at various conferences. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing, you know, um, you know. You go to you go to conferences and and you know conferences are definitely nece- necessary in this, this business. Absolutely. But it's always it's always uh, about the latest technology uh, trends and things like that. But sometimes that that aspect of it, how to actually run your business, how to manage your business, that's it's it's not really covered in there. So there definitely is a need to it. So yeah, uh, you have this centennial consulting. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about here today in in you know, what you're doing. But before we get into all that. Um, Tell people a little bit about your background. Um, you know, obviously you you were with TIG, but but prior to that, like what type of investigative experience do you have? Sure. So um, right out of college, only because I was a, a procrastinator when I uh, in I went to Florida State, and when you got to your senior year, you could either take five classes or you could do an internship. Well, you know, I waited and waited and waited, and when I walked into the internship enrollment office on the last day of before the deadline of course they're like the only thing open is a investigative company local here in tallahassee i said well sounds like a good i don't want to take five classes right. so let's let's go do this 
just like a lot of things, it, the stars aligned. I, two of the most, um, I don't, it, it's hard to explain almost like two females, um, Angela and Kathy ran AKA investigations and really took me under their wing. I still talk to them to this day and just, that's kind of how it started. And then, so finally, after a couple of months, um, at doing the internship, they hired me and that was great. Finally, after about, I'd probably say nine months or so, they were like, you're, you're too, we can't afford to pay you what you are worth. You need to go and start searching out other opportunities. Very motherly like advice, right? Like right. I'm sure they wanted me to stay, but it was like, look, you need to, you need to kind of fly the, fly the, you know, get away from the nest. Right. So uh, after that, I I joined, uh, found a position with as a field investigator with Omega Insurance Services. I don't know how many people actually remember Omega. It was one of those companies that became, I think, first advantage and then I think moved into global options. And I'm not really sure where it went from there. Uh, my territory was the Mississippi River East. Uh, it, it was it was a lot of travel, but, you know, you were young and just burn up the interstates. Uh, following that, I kind of progressed through that organization um, as a field training investigator. And we uh, they used to call it quality control. So I was the guy out there at six o'clock in the morning, making sure the new guys were actually on site and awake and had all their equipment. We do vehicle checks and things like that. A lot, of, yeah. lot different than the way things go today. Uh, yep. And then I worked for a regional company based in Atlanta that kind of just covered the Southeast, whereas Omega was nationwide. And after that, it was one of those things where it's time to time to go out on your own. You kind of saw where the there was more money in the ownership of a company versus, you know, what you were making as a field investigator. And the, I was always a W-2 employee as a field investigator. I was, you know, I knew there were subcontractors out there. So then I started Centennial Investigation in 2002 and followed that model of the your 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 employees were full time. They were W2s. They were your you trained them, you paid them. There was no outside 1099. There was no this oh well, you know, you can work for somebody else. They were full time with us. Right. And you know, that model and, you know, like some of the points that, you know, I'm sure we'll go over that evolves over time. So uh, I operated Centennial until 2018, grew year over year. We were doing really well. Some of the things that, you know, I'll get into today, some of the challenges that we faced are a lot of the things that I kind of help folks with today. There's there's growth issues. There's just things that you encounter that you don't realize are coming down the road and that they ultimately get you. And then 2015, uh, well, 2012, really, while I was Centennial was in good hands, I'd hired some some good people. I had some good sales folks. Centennial was doing really well. Ops managers were performing their duties. Field investigators were doing well. Kind of started a passion project which was case management. I've always been kind of a technology geek, if you will. And that was one of the things that I couldn't find anything that really met my needs that wasn't overly complicated, I should say. At least that's how I felt at the time. 
Right. Um, that's changed quite a bit. So we um, launched PI Direct Link in 2015, and then uh, that was acquired in 2018 uh, by Crosstracks. And uh, that's kind of where the 30,000 foot view of how I got to Centennial Consulting today. Yeah, nice, nice. That's uh, that's definitely a good a good background there because obviously we want to want to lay the foundation that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind uh, of, kind of, yeah, maybe. It's, right? uh, the, the, they're like, where did you go to school? It's like yeah. the investigative school of hard knocks. Uh, hard knocks, where, exactly. Right, that's where yeah. it came from. Can't really do the job if you haven't done the job, right? Oh, uh, but, that's a fact. And yeah. you know, the when I was with Omega. You know, at the time, I mean, it was grueling. I mean, they paid, I think I was making $30,000, $32,000 a year. And literally, I was gone 14, 15 days at a time in the field. Wow. Uh, you, you were all over the place. So um, that's kind of where you know, there was a couple months ago, somebody's like, hey, do you want to do field investigations and surveillance? I said, I windshield time yeah. is... Uh, I've I put my time in. I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm the same way. <laughs> I just kind of weaselled my way out of doing field work, and I, I I do miss it a little bit. Yeah, I miss sure. the stories. I miss the fun. You know, when someone asks me like, "Oh, tell me about an interesting case you worked on," I'm like, "Oh God, I got to remember." <laughs> like I can think back. <laughs> There's so many more things have uh, have happened. Um, right. Okay, so we're, we're gonna uh, actually take a quick break, and when we come back in, I want to really start delving into some of these challenges uh, that you had talked about um, and maybe give some direction to some folks and uh, you know, folks that maybe are, are new to the the space or maybe that they've, they've hit a wall after, you know, five, 10 years and they, they're not seeing that growth or just feel burnt out. Um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So um, everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. After four years of development, ScopeNow is proud to announce the release of GRID. GRID combines OSINT with real-time physical data to achieve new levels of intelligence gathering. GRID supports over 50 data types and hundreds of thousands of sources. Upgrade your OSINT capabilities with GRID and elevate your intelligence team today at ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Specializing in the research of liability for personal injury claims, Pacific Liability Research offers insurance assessments of all applicable liability coverages to help determine what a case is potentially worth. Have a case with no insurance policy? Since 2019, the highly trained staff on their insurance discovery team has located over 100 million plus in previously unknown insurance coverage. They offer a full refund for any inaccurate results and they do not charge for no-hit searches. Additionally, Investigators Toolbox members automatically receive 50% off their first case. Just mention Investigators Toolbox when you fill out your first order. More information can be found at PacificLiability.com. Contact them today and discover the immediate impact that Pacific Liability Research can provide. 
And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, we're here with Brad Dalhoover. Brad has a consulting company called Centennial Consulting, and uh, he's a seasoned uh, investigative professional uh, who's done field work. He's done case management uh, creation. He's done a little bit of everything. And uh, he's here to help you with your business, whether you're just starting your business um, or you've hit a wall uh, after being in business for a certain amount of time. Uh, I know I'm uh, about 19 years in now, I think. And you do go through those periods uh, where the growth is not where it, it was at one point, or maybe you're feeling a little burnt out. Uh, so that is a, a long-winded, wordy welcome back to the program. <laughs> so, Brad, I'm going to say welcome back. And uh, thank you. Let's let's dive in. You know, let, let's talk about some of the challenges, man. You had talked about growth issues. So, what are some of the things that you've seen over the years? Yeah. So, again, all of the all of the stuff that I talk about, and all of the stuff that I kind of you know help people with and coach people with is all things that I feel like I've gone through at some point. And then, as like you're talking about, you're 19 years in you look back and you're like, you identify these different kind of caves or rabbit holes that you went down. You're like, I could have avoided that or could have avoided that. One of the things that I, uh, when you and I connected, one of the things that I thought about was, I know that you, uh, last time we talked, you were wrapping up building your house and, you know, I was involved in, you know, building mine down here. And I feel like the sales side and the growth side is kind of like building, you know, a house. You have to start with, you know, you're clearing the lot, it's the foundation. And, you know, at first when it gets completed, you move in, everything's awesome. And about, I don't know, for me, it was about three months in, you kind of wish that you would have changed a couple of things. Oh, I wish I would have put that outlet over here, or I wish that door opened in instead of out. When you start a business, I feel like you sell, things are going along, you're seeing what happens and everything's great. And then you're spending all your time on investigations and then you don't focus as much time on your sales and your marketing. Right. So along the same lines of building that house, now a year or two goes by in your business, the year or two goes by in the house. Now, what are you doing? Oh, I want to change the backsplash in the kitchen. I don't really like those floors that we put in the in the den. Business is no different. You're getting steady revenue. Um, and then all of a sudden now the revenue is either stagnant or it starts to slip a little bit. And like renovating a house, you've got to renovate your business a little bit. You've got to change your tactics. A lot right. has changed and a lot's happened since you first started that company. Your tastes change, your ideas change, your clients change, your mindset changed. Trends, uh, yeah. When I first started Centennial, we did a lot of um, um, personal or domestic investigations. And once you realize that that's not really your thing, it's not what you enjoy, it's paying the bills. And then you pivot and you start getting, oh, I've got this client. I really like those investigations and they're more recurring. They pay more or whatever the case may be. They're not as messy, however you feel about it. Right. So that's kind of where on the sales and and marketing side of it, we just kind of get folks to uh, step back and we help them take a look at at what they're doing. I was the same way. I was, well, we've been doing it this way. It works. Everything's all good. But then when somebody else comes in and takes a look at it, it's, well, it is, it's great. You've, You've done a great job here. Let's tweak this. And have you ever thought about changing this? And it's one of those things where you 
you end up um, just finding small improvements and it, eventually it, it really improves over time. It's that very, I don't know if you've ever uh, just reread Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to that is how I feel now. I wish I would have, I wish that book would have been out 15 years ago, whereas right. you get 1% better every day. Yeah. Or at least that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I do every year, um, usually around November, um, December, is I'll do like a, a, a year in review. You kind of like what worked, what didn't work. And then I'll set goals for um, the following year, you know, and, you know, just being honest about it too. Like, okay, this is where we were deficient. This is where we could do better. This is what I'd like to achieve. And I feel like just that exercise of doing that uh, gives me clarity and vision. And I, I think because uh, this industry is so widespread on what you can do, there's so many different investigative things you can do that sometimes you get bogged down all because you're all over the place. I'm doing a little bit of this. I'm doing a little bit of that. I'm doing a little bit of that. You know, obviously you, in the beginning, you do whatever you can because you, you want to keep the the lights on. Right. Mm -hmm. But as you find, like, like you had mentioned earlier, the type of investigations you'd like to do and pivoting yourself to that vertical and then attacking that vertical and saying, okay, I'm, I want to be the business to hire for this particular space in this market. Mm-hmm. Right. And then focusing in on that, you know, I, I think it's a much more uh, successful way of doing things is being known as the company that handles this particular type of thing than trying to do things that you don't necessarily do. However, again, throw back to conferences and things that are necessary, networking and finding people that, that do the things that you don't do. And then being able to service through those other people, that is part of the the pot of stew that you put together, right? You're putting all the ingredients in uh, for a successful business. That's that's part of it as well. And just being able to identify and understand, um, be very good at what you do and then know people that are very good at things you don't do, right? Yeah, I. it's interesting you say that because I, you know, one of the things that I had in, in preparing for this, one of the things that I had kind of written down was it. you, you don't have to scramble that you don't have to scramble all the time because at least related to your business, your investigations are going to be chaos at Mm -hmm. some point, some of them more so than others. But if you can minimize the chaos that infiltrates your, the business side, the administrative side, then you're not as overwhelmed. You don't have a fire here on an investigation and another fire over here, and now they're colliding and you're in the middle of it. And that's where we, I try to get them to just put the right systems in place to kind of prevent that from from happening. And that's one of the things that we go through as far as, okay, look, here's, here's what's going on and here's how you can pivot a little bit and just calm that fire down and prevent yeah. that from happening in the past, in the future. Yeah. And as you continue to grow your business, you reach a certain point, you have to understand that there will be uh, a time where you have to decide who you are and what you're doing. Right. And and by that, I mean, are you an investigator or do you own an investigation company? Because there's two very different things. Very. Right. Uh, and uh, when you do reach that point in growth, like you got to understand that you cannot do everything yourself. Right. You have to start finding good people to surround yourself with that you can count on that can do your billing that can do collections that can do 
uh, quality control and your your case management that can do sales. Like these are all different things that yeah, you, you, there are not enough hours in the day to do everything, and yeah. something's going to suffer if you try and do everything yourself, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and I think that gets into you know one of the one of the concepts that I just worked on with with a client here recently was spending in order to make more. And when you first bring that up, it's they're like, wait, I don't have anything to spend. And it says, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking here at your at your business and you're spending about two hours a day just fielding phone calls, whether it's from clients, whether it's from your from your staff. And, you know, while that's OK, if you're small, this particular business, this was a very well-respected investigator, good investigator that bills out at about $125 an hour. Now, that two hours every day that he was spending fielding, fielding phone calls and things like that, that's $250 a day that he's not billing out. Now, you look at that and you're like, oh, it's $250 a day. It's two hours. Well, you multiply that over the course of the week and then over the course of the year, that's $65,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So you can hire a forty a good assistant at $45,000 a year, and now you have 20 left over. If you think about it, you know, Matt Griswold has a really um, good quote that I've recently kind of resonated with me. It's like, think in decades and not in days. Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, uh, an hour here is no big deal, right? You and I are going to spend an hour here, you know, shooting the breeze on investigations. Not, not, not a whole lot of time. Now, if we had to do this every day and then every week and then every, you know, throughout the year, we'd spend a lot of time together and we'd spend a lot of money. I'm not that so, interesting, Brad. You don't want to talk to me though. <laughs> I don't think I am either. I, small doses is what my wife tells me. Right. Uh, so that's the, to get the investigator or the owner, the business owner to think long-term about how these things are affecting the business over time. I think that's really important. And one of the things that we, uh, I typically like to open with and yeah. discuss goals. Where do you want to be in five years? Well, tell me about the business five years ago and where you are now. Yeah. Now you should always be looking at that stuff and always um, understanding um, the dynamics of it. And really, you know, again, deciding who you want to be and, and, you know, putting those uh, procedures in place with, with good people, and uh, it really taking the time to do it. I mean, and and that's the thing, like as you're building your brand, you know, you're, you're going to build trust in your clients and they're going to have an expectation of a certain quality of work product. And if you can't deliver on it, unfortunately, this is this is the what have you done for me lately business, you know, that, that we're in. You're only as great as your last case. Right. Yeah, if you start so. if you start getting distracted by business management. You know the quality of your work is uh, will take a hit, right? Um, and having having faith in the people that work for you that they're going to deliver that same kind of quality. I mean, it's it's possible if you find the right people. You know the people that uh, you know uh, are invested as, as you are, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? What are, you know hiring somebody like that, right? Paying them a good wage. You know, obviously you want somebody to feel comfortable. You want them to feel like. They belong to something, right? So maybe some sort of incentives on sales goals. You know, if they reach a certain amount of billing, they're, they're getting extra compensation. Like those are tools to hold on to good people. You know, healthcare plan, um, retirement packages, things like that, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's completely important. And again, one of the things that one of the four 
kind of pillars, I guess, that that I've, I've built this company on. And one of them is employees. And mm-hmm. my focus on the employee side, as you kind of touched on, is productivity and retention. Yeah. How productive are your employees? How much, you know, is is that employee that you're paying whatever, how much are they billing out? You yeah. know, a lot of a lot of investigators, and again, I'm guilty of this completely, is okay, I bill at $100 an hour, I'm paying my investigator 50. So therefore, my investigator is $50 an hour productive. Not necessarily the case. Nope. There's there's a lot that comes out of that. And again, like you're talking about with investigations, we all know that there's a difference between how field investigators operate and how your office staff operates. Yeah. Different billing rates, different abilities to bill out. You know, if you've got a surveillance guy, he's going to bill out one case a day. Typically, you know, that eight hour day or he's going to do maybe two, four hours, eight hours is what he's going to get. If you've got an in-house employee and they can you have a good one and they're knocking out six, seven, eight social media investigations a day, they could bill out potentially more than your field guys. So depends on the business. And I think you have to look at the information and learn how to gather data for your employee performance. And I give you a perfect example. Um, In one of the management positions that that I had over the years, we had, uh, I was kind of tasked with figuring out uh, employee productivity. How how, How are the employees doing? We didn't really have any type of measurement or any standard in place. So what, in this case, these were in-house investigative employees, and they were tasked with, um, you know, do do a kind of medical canvassing, you know, if you will. And you'd had an employee that was doing, you know, say 12 a day, and then you've got another employee that's doing eight and another that's doing six. So you're, wait, why is employee A doing half or doing twice as much as employee C? What you learned after looking into it was employee A, who on paper is a top performer, was actually fudging some of their work. Whereas the six to seven that the two other employees were doing, that was a good baseline. That's what you know the, the work called for. Right. So when you have systems in place to kind of identify that and you take the time to look at that sort of thing, you can catch those types of things, whether it's, you know, is it a training issue? In this case, it was an employee just not doing their work kind of issue. So it's important to look at, you know, the productivity and retention when you when you start getting to the point where you need employees. No, 100 percent. That whole quality control is such a big issue. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a time in the growth phase where you got to let that go and give that to somebody else as well. Otherwise, you'll never you ever take that that uh, growth level. I think like another issue or problem that I I think a lot of investigators have is uh, their rates and their fear of raising their rates, uh, that they're going to lose business. And uh, you, know, you can go years and years and years keeping the same rate or, or um, not billing yourself accordingly um, out of fear. And yes. uh, you know that'll keep you from, from realizing that next level. Or maybe you're, you're eating tolls or eating mileage or things like that for fear that, you know, oh, God's never gonna pay for this. Or it's not authorized or anything like that. It's almost like you you can't apologize for your rates and what what you um, what you do. Right? This is a service industry. You provide a service. 
you need to be compensated accordingly for that. You know, and and you you always see these questions when people start. You know, what should I be charging? You know, what 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 what's the rate? You know, um, and, and some people hold it to their vest. You know, they don't like sharing it. Other people will, will tell you what their their rates are. Um, you shouldn't be afraid to share what your subcontractor rate is. Um, and you shouldn't be working for peanuts either, you know, um, uh, just kind of understanding that. And, you know, it's funny, I, I've come across that in, in New York and out of state investigation companies looking to hire my company to do work in New York. And I'm not the most expensive guy. I'm not the cheapest guy, I'm probably summer closer to the, uh, expensive, but not the most expensive, um, where somebody would call me and say, you know, I need something done. Um, but the rate is going to be like, let's say $50 an hour, you know, mm -hmm. and in New York, $50 an hour is not cutting it right, right. for, for anybody. Um, and th they just don't understand that the cost of doing business in a certain city, um, is more. So you got to do research. You got to understand what you should be charging in the area of where you're at. Do you see that a lot in, in with the consulting people kind of undercharging? Yeah, I see it again, runs, the, runs the gamut. You have, um, I've worked with clients that haven't raised their rates in five years. I've worked with clients that, like you said, are scared to raise their rates. And then I've worked with clients that have raised their rates almost like you do your business review, right? At the end of the year, they look at all their rates and they just say, Hey, we're raising all of our rates 5% or six, you know, whatever the number is that they've become comfortable with that's worked year over year. Um, at Centennial Investigations, we used to raise our flat rate surveillance $25 a year without hesitation. Never had a single client ask um, or pull out because of the, the rate change. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, look at look at everything else. I mean, right now, if you were to raise your rates $25 uh, a day, it's what are we looking at? $3 an hour. So it's not it's not a big a deal. Now, are you going to get why? Hey, why'd you raise your rates? Then you need to be prepared, obviously, to explain why. Yeah. But with every, I mean, simple. Go look. How much do eggs cost? Exactly. Bacon. So there's your, there's your answer. That's <laughs> do, why I'm raising. Do you like rate. do you like bacon? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, who doesn't like bacon, right? Um, you know, they it's uh, yeah, they should, right? Um, and, and that's that's just the nature of, of business, right? You know, tolls are always going to go up. Gas go, goes up. Insurances go up. You know, the price of, of um, case management systems, the prices of um, uh, database uh, usage, th things like that. Like, these are all things that need to get figured in to that rate. You know, like um, you should be charging uh, a database fee, right? If you're, you know, recovering the money that you're laying out for these monthly subscriptions, like you, you should be building that into your price in some way, either putting it as part of your flat rate or, you know, line iting, having a line item for that. Uh, there are different ways of doing that, but you should be doing that. It should be part of the the equation of doing things, right? Yeah, I, I think that going back to, like you said, talking about regions, if, if you're in Atlanta or you're in LA or you're in New York, those are three very different price structures. Yeah, And just very simply looking at, let's just use insurance for an example. If you're in LA or you're in New York, your insurance rates are probably going to be higher. If you're in a large city, your insurance rates are going to be higher. And that's not only liability insurance. That is your auto insurance. That's your, you know, if your employees are using their own vehicles, then you have non-hired auto insurance. 
And all that costs money. So like you said, you really need, it's important to break down your expenses to understand what you should be charging. Just because the guy down the street who has, let's say he's a one-man show, not anything wrong with that, but his expenses are different than yours. His revenue expense, his revenue share is different than yours. He's charging $75 an hour that he's putting in his pocket. If you're charging $75 an hour, you have more expenses, insurance. You may have, um, you know, home office, internet, phone, vehicle, insurance, uh, licensing, you name it. Your overhead is more than somebody else's. So I think you have to really take a hard look at that kind of stuff. And, you know, data analysis, I think, is something you see a lot these days that everybody is really trying hard to wrap their head around just because they've never had to do it before. And frankly, the the programs and technology to do that stuff now has become readily available and it's yeah. easy for you to easier than it has been in order for you to kind of analyze your business. Analytics are super important. Yes. Yeah. Really, really, really important. You got to be able to look at something like that. I remember there was you know, when I was much, much younger, there was a, a three or four year period where I had stepped out from doing investigative work. I'd kind of moved myself into HR a bit. I liked recruiting. I liked interviewing people. I liked uh, finding jobs. It was just something that it was right before Y2K. So there was a good market for that, right? Yeah. But I was in the the the, the temp uh, industry, right? Uh, temp agencies and things like that. And one of the things I learned is margins, right? What do you pay somebody as opposed to what you you bill somebody, right? So that should always be a factor in it, right? Uh, you, you you take what that person is is billing, how much they've actually built a company, and you divide that by what you're paying that particular person, right? And that number should always be like it, around a three, like dynamite, right? You, you, the business is profitable, like everything's good. Uh, getting down into the twos, all right, it's getting a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Doing a less than two. This person is not really making you money. Uh-huh. They're not really costing you money. If it's a one, bro, you're losing money. <laughs> like you, that person should not be working for you, you know, yes. uh, because you have to figure in all the all the uh, other factors for it. Now, you could have some employees working for you that maybe are, are in that one to one and a half number, but then you got another employee that's maybe working at like four or three and a half, and it, it kind of balances out. So, um, yeah, one of the other things to it uh, a uh, misnomer i think a mistake people make and i'm guilty of it because i did it for many many years i'm never going to hire an office manager or secretary because they don't actually bill anything why would i pay something to somebody who's not actually going to bring money into the company and it you know, it was like the stupidest thing i could ever think of because <laughs> like that particular person you talk about taking those hours off your plate you know the the billing 125 an hour yes. two hours a day like that scenario right so if those employees, what you're paying them is allowing you as the um, sales generator, the one who's who's actually going to get the work to come in, if they allow you to be more productive, to produce more for the company, then they've earned their money without them actually billing anything, 100%. right? So, you know, just understanding that dynamic of it too. Uh, that was a big lesson for me. I went many, many years without having these um uh, extra people, right? And then there, there's the people who say like, okay, I've got X amount of people out in the field. How many support staff should I have to back those extra people up, right? That's mm-hmm. another, like when you hit that growth period, 
that's another question that you need answered. Okay, so I've got, you know, five people out in the field. How many people in, and in the back end should I have? Right. Yeah. Um, it's an important question to ask. I think your market sets yourself, you know, how much you're bringing in. Uh, we'll answer that question to you. But, you know, to me, at least two people. If you're running five, you should be at least two, maybe three. Right. Um, if people, I think that's a good number uh, for it. But that's just my own opinion. You got to do yeah. your own own analysis on it. Yeah, no, it, it took me a long time to figure that out as well. And then when it, it really came to came to fruition was when I found myself like on vacation or I'm, I'm with my kid at the zoo. And my phone won't stop ringing. And that's when, you know, you get that side eye from your wife or your yeah. kid like kind of looks at you. It's like, why, why are you on the phone so much, dad? Yeah. And then you, you, once you pull that trigger and you realize you're like, oh my goodness, you know, I should have, I should have done this a while ago because yeah. now I'm not doing all of the things. I'm not sitting in the office till eight o'clock at night. Or Well, yeah. And they have this great, cool, uh, great tool that you can use called a virtual receptionist. Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do. Yeah. Somebody who just answers your phone calls, they they get in touch with you. They I got so and so on the line. Do you want to talk to them? No. Right. Take a message <laughs> or call them back. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. With you know, it it makes you look more professional. You know, right. you got somebody. You know, welcome to Centennial Investigations. How can I help you? Instead of hey, this is Brad. I'm at the zoo. What, what do you want? You bother me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it, it just it looks better. Right. And it, and what I love about these uh, things that they have now, like they'll email you a message, they'll text you a message. So you even like have record of called. Um, they deal with those nonsense telemarketer calls that you never yes. you don't get them anymore because they're dealing with that for you. Right. And it's not super expensive and it's not over, really overhead for you because mm-hmm. you're not paying FICA. You're not paying somebody's health insurance. It's just a service that you're you know using a couple hundred bucks a month. And it, it, you're writing it off because it's, yeah, it's right. part of a doing dues and subscription, right? Or however you want to line out of it, right? You know, things like that take you to the next level, right? So a guy like Brad comes in and takes a look at your your systems and how you're doing everything. Okay, here's a recommendation of how you can be a little more efficient with running your business, right? Yes. And I think that's where, you know, one of the things, obviously, because of my background with case management, having, you know, created one and, you know, working for them over the years, technology is huge and i still feel like in the industry and you may be able to back me up on this but technology is still i feel like underutilized in the investigative profession even going to like the virtual assistant a lot of people still want to they want to take that call they want that call to, to ring into their cell phone and while that's fine in some scenarios when you get to a certain point or you you find yourself just you know that revenue's flat you know i think you have to take a look at your technology options how can i be more efficient how can i is there some automation that i can take advantage of so that i'm not constantly doing these repetitive tasks over and over and over yeah. and this repetitive task is again taking 15 minutes of my time every day. So I'm spending an hour plus on it over the course of the week. And then, you know, we've, we've gone through the, how that, that snowballs on you. Right. Right. Um, you know, just kind of understanding that, um, and, you know, understanding that, that if you have these, these extra charges that you're, you're building in, like it really goes a long different uh, distance. You were talking about, you know, 65 K, um, you know, of extra time, uh, that you're doing, like there are, Tons of those little pockets of, of how you can be more efficient and generate more income. Um, and, 
This is a great thing you're doing, man. It's great service. And it, it's not just for the newbie, right? It's, it's oh. for the people that have maybe been in for a while and just, mm -hmm. you know, take a look how, how you're doing these things. You know, you should always have some sort of review process. You should always have some sort of mentor, somebody to help you kind of um, you do what you're doing. I know for me personally, I probably have like three or four friends that are, that are in the industry that are a little bit further along than me or a little bit bigger than my business. Um, you know, um, I was just talking with somebody uh, recently about this, like my company in New York showed, showed like a 50% growth uh, last year. That's awesome. Like, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's scary, you know, cause Hey, <laughs> can I replicate that? Right. Yes. Uh, was this just a, did we get a couple of big contracts in or is this the new norm here? Do I have enough manpower for this? You know, it's like, like these are, these are big, big, uh, you know, crossroads here. What am I doing here? Am I going to continue to grow or am I going to level off or all sure. that? If you have the right procedures in place, you will continue to grow, right? Uh, it's, it's called scalability, right? What is the scalability of your business? Uh, and we're, we're going to end on that, right? So, the, you know, understanding that you should be modeling your business for scalability, right? Let's face it, we're all in business to be in business. It's we love investigations, but we love money too. We love the houses that that we built. We love, you know, paying for the colleges for our children, you know, you know these types of things. In order to to reach that uh, level, um, you need to build it in a scalable way, right? So, um, you know, putting these procedures in place, um, using a company like Centennial to make sure that you're doing it. I mean, these are all good things. Um, yeah. So Brad, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about it, how would they uh, get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I, you can put the, you put the information in the show notes, I, I imagine, yeah. but um, yep. it's centennialconsulting.com. Okay. And uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways. Like you said, it's for a lot of different people. It's I, I can cater anything from, you know, I, I got a call once where it was like, Hey, I've got a I'm, it's a case, an actual case. You know, they didn't give me any details or anything, but just it was, I'm stuck. Do you have, is there anything that you can think of maybe that I haven't thought of? And we talked through a few scenarios and sure. things like that. Sure. But like you said, it, it's the processes and it's how to get from A to B. Everybody wants to, you know, every, here in the new year, everybody has goals, right? They, I want to do this or I want to do that. Okay, that's great. But how are we going to get there? It's like, you know, going back to, I was talking about uh, atomic habits. Um, the One of the things that stuck with me in that book was the winners and losers have the same goals. It's the processes and the things that they have set up that allow them to achieve those goals. And that's what I hope to bring, you know, with, with this venture and kind of help, help the investigative industry and yeah. the investigators, the owners, you know, it doesn't matter if you're having trouble with an employee or you're having trouble with whoever or whatever situation that may arise. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, I try to help as best I can. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would encourage uh, people to, um, you know, check out the website. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn, follow you on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to be a part of a panel at the end of the, the month uh, that, that talk is going to be talking about some issues uh, like this. So uh, if you check me out on LinkedIn, you'll see uh, you'll see the information on there. So Brad, it was great catching up with you. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and uh, talking to everybody. 
And uh, thank you everyone for for tuning in, checking out this episode. Uh, we'll have a new episode next week. And uh, take care, everyone. Have a good week. No, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. Thanks, Brad, for sharing your experience. We encourage folks to follow up with him. His website link is in the show notes. We also want to thank Campbell Insurance Group for sponsoring our podcast. Remember to tell them you listen so you can save $50 when you apply for insurance. Additional thanks to Scope Now, Pacific Liability Research, and the PI Institute for Education for sponsoring the show. Also, don't forget about investigatorstoolbox.com, where you can type in version 2.0, 25% to save $50 when you sign up. And please follow Matt and Satellite Investigations on LinkedIn. If you have a question or a comment about the show, you can email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com, and you can find him on Instagram and Facebook, too. If you'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible, we'll be back next week with a new show. Make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.